Okay, good evening. We have, uh, I feel like I say this every week, but it's true every week. These ways to wisdom are, um, are really ways to wisdom. Uh, it, it's just incredible. Uh, the, uh, the ancient wisdom of the Torah, which I, even in my own life, I've, I, I've learned, I, I probably learned the, the Mishnah every year about the 48 ways to wisdom. And, and this time around, uh, um, learning it through the prism of Rabbi Noach Weinberg, and um, it's just a, a real, it's a real treat every week for me. So I'm glad uh, y'all can jump in and do this together. So way number 11 is called Bidiktuk Chaverim, which literally mean, if you want to take the words uh, face value, which we should, is to, Diktuk is to, to be very pre precise, to, to cut something up finally with your friends. What does that mean, to be very precise with your friends, to be very, you know, cutting up your words uh, with your friends? So simply what it means is we're talking about the idea of duking things out with your friends. Uh, we're not talking here about simply just having friends. We're not talking about simply discussing things or dissecting things. All those things can be done possibly separately. So we're talking about specifically when you take ideas and you break them apart with friends. So we have to, um, hope over the next uh, short amount of time, we have to define what's a friend, what kind of, what, what are we talking about here when we say friend, what does it mean to analyze something, and what does that mean to do it together? Okay, so it, if you're talking about analyze something, you really I heard recently, I saw an advertisement that a lot of people don't have people who have time for them. So these, these, these cafes, I guess it's really going to start after COVID or maybe it's online. You go up to the, to the cafe and there's people waiting there who are happy to listen to you. Uh, sounds kind of sad, but so you could do that. But obviously uh, when you want to figure something out, you want to figure something out with someone, you know, you, you, you trust them. They know, you know, they care about you. Um, so, we're going to break this up into two parts. We're going to talk about what we what we mean when we say discuss or to break something down. And then I think it's more obvious, but we'll talk about the friend part at the end. So we all uh, make sacrifices. People around the world, there are people who are giving up their lives every day for causes, for movements. Unfortunately, some of them uh, are very sad movements, very dangerous movements. Um, there, there are things that are very worthwhile that people are giving up their lives for. But there are things, and I, I imagine if you analyze many of these movements and many of these people, um, many of them contradict each other, and they both can't be right. So, so when you have a conflict, or they're certainly not both 100% right. So how was this world, how are we supposed to deal with that? How are we supposed to avoid these situations where you have two people who feel something so strongly and that if it's left unchecked, it, it, it leads to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or in some, case, in, in some cases, millions of people, lives being affected, if not being killed. So what, what tools did God give us? It wasn't like this practical joke that it's not possible to... So, 
what what God gave us, he gave us the ability to reason. And he gave us the ability to figure things out if we choose, if we choose. So we, to say the importance of spending a little bit of time understanding this concept is just, it doesn't need any more introduction than that, that we have to learn and have to get the skill for anything, for, for relationships, for work, for life, to be a human being on this planet, the importance of being able to sit down and reason with other people and not to assume our viewpoint is correct, open ourselves to new ideas. Um, in fact, in theory, and you, there's fascinating stories, in theory, if someone wants to kill me because of an idea, in theory, I should be able to say, huh, you don't have to kill me. Can we talk about it? And if you're right, so then you'll have to kill me. Or maybe I'll agree with you. Or maybe you'll agree with me. But let's talk about it. And unfortunately, those conversations don't happen usually. They don't happen at all. And they don't happen amongst the people who really needs to happen. Now, so I, uh, th thankfully, I think most of us aren't dealing with that life and death struggle every day. But we certainly deal with th many things that would make our lives uh, much happier. Uh, just to tell you a, a, a live story. Um, you know, I posted a, uh, a an event. Uh, it's not my event, but I was advocating a certain event that was going to be COVID safe and it was fine. And I, I posted it on a certain Facebook group. And somebody uh, literally publicly shamed me this afternoon. They wrote in the message on the bottom, which has hundreds of people in the community, they wrote, shame on you for for um, sharing this event of you know you're you're advocating people not being safe with covid so i i was deciding do i enter into a quote unquote discussion in a facebook chat in a facebook group it's not going to end well but i decided being that i'm a rabbi and i represent torah values um i didn't feel it'd be right in public to just kind of be a doormat like that and what I decided to do was, is I wrote, you know, I appreciate your concern for people's health. I explained why I thought it was, I said, I, I recognize there are different opinions. And, um, but this is where, I, why I thought it was responsible. And I wrote, in any event, I don't think is warranted me being shamed at all. Certainly uh, not in a public forum. And unfortunately, we're going to see the opposite, I believe, of what we're talking about tonight because i thought i would get some sort of response some oh i hear what you're saying i didn't realize that um instead the response was as i said you advocated people not being careful when it comes to covid so at that point i've left it i didn't respond uh i don't think the person is interested in being open to anything except what they have to say so how do, what does the Torah tell us about having productive, meaningful discussions? So the first point is we have to have them. Point number one, they need, not all the time, but we need to, uh, need to have them. What does that mean? That means we have to be, to get into quote-unquote arguments doesn't mean fights 
but we, we, we need to be able to talk about things that are important. And really, we should be able to talk about anything. But like sports is a nice, you know, uh, a trial, because it's not important. Or the weather, it's, it doesn't really matter. But we need to be able, and it's a good to exercise when you're around other people, to be able to bring up a topic and say, huh, you know, what do you think about this? I heard this. I read this. And, and so we all know how to argue. We all know how to name call. We all know how to get upset. But maybe what we need to talk about is when we do bring those things up, what, what is the Torah going to tell us? A lot of this you probably know already, but it's good for you, and it's good to see some sources for it. How do we, how do we bring up, quote-unquote, arguments that end up being discussions, not arguments? Because arguments tend not to be uh, productive, uh, discussions can be very productive. So the first rule here is that it's, we are, one second, we are having, trying to learn information from the other person, and we're trying to share information that we have with, with someone else. So we're not coming to be, we're not lawyers. When you, when you have a discussion, it's not a lawyer. We're coming to be actually be we're coming to be judges. Actually, what does a judge do? A judge now, a judge in, often has bad connotations. What a judge really is is a judge one who is objectively taking in all the information. That's what a judge is. A lawyer has to pick a side and and dig their heels in. So we are what we're supposed to do with our friends when, when this Mishnah says to cut things up finally with our friends, it means let's glean information. So what we have to do is A, we have to keep simple things, lowering our voices, listening, considering what the other person says, and mostly um, trying to be objective to, to, to hear the, in, the information. That means you say you, you, you're trying to understand what the person says. You tell them you have a good point. Assuming you don't disagree with every single thing that they said, you can say, oh, I actually agree with that. What do you think of this? And, you know, this is the scary part. This is probably when we, most of us kind of, I want to say most of us don't do this a lot because we get discouraged when things start to get a little bit heated. Get nervous is this going to be a fight is someone going to get offended but with practice we can change an argument into a discussion if i'm most people like to be listened to if i'm actually listening to you and i'm actually understanding what you're saying and i'm not raising my voice and i say oh could you explain yourself people like to explain themselves and uh you actually can make friends that way you can deepen the relationships that you already have, and you could probably learn a lot of things. Because most people, when they have a position, even if they're wrong, they're, they, it's important to know what what other perspectives are there are there out out there. So we have to a is be having these conversations, b making them into discussions as judges and not lawyers. Now, this probably is the most important part. Uh, which I heard this from, from Rabbi Weinberg, and it's it just incredible. He came up with this slogan based on the Mishnah. Here's the slogan. It's very short. 
it says, people of goodwill who will who will reason will come to a common conclusion. So it's three parts. The first assumption, people of goodwill. Now we're going to define goodwill as people who are interested in the truth, which is 99.9% of people. So people of truth, people who are good people, that's the definition of a good person. Good person is someone who wants to do the right thing, who's interested in the truth. That includes probably everyone you know, just about. Maybe, maybe small exceptions. Who will reason? What does reason mean? We are being judges. We're t- if I'm interested in doing the right thing, I'm, I'm interested in admitting to the truth. And then I will do that with other people. I'll reason, meaning reason means I'll, I'm not just defending, I'm actually trying to understand. We will come very often to a common conclusion, or it's possible. It's very possible that we will come to a common conclusion. Because what will happen is if we're both interested in the, in the truth, and we both are interested in listening to, to figuring it out, very likely we'll come to, uh, I'll see your point of view, I'll see, you'll see my point of view, maybe we'll 100% agree, maybe we'll partially agree. Very often we'll realize that we actually have different points of views because we're both missing information, which neither of us have, which we need to go then find out. That's been my experience. I've, I've done very many, um, unfortunately, with the lack of Israel trips now, um, uh, you know, it's kind of more just relegated to the people that I, uh, which is great, the people that I spend time with all the time. But usually I have uh, many more diverse uh, groups. And I've had many conversations that will start off with, Rabbi, um, this bothers me. Oh, I hope you're not offended. And it has the potential to be explosive. And I can tell you 99, not 100%, but 99% of the time, we end up having a great discussion. And that, and that's because bo- both of us are trying to do, we, we're interested in the truth. We're having a, re- we're reasoning. And we are open to the fact that we actually could, could, we actually might actually come to a, a, um, a meeting of the minds. So to do this, that means I'm willing to hear the other side. I want to know the truth. You know, I've had actually a conversation with someone. They said, I said, so before we could go any further in this conversation, are we both interested in the truth right now? Or are we both just really want to vent? If doesn't mean you're a bad person, but if right now we're not on a truth finding expedition, just recognize we're not going to find it if we're not interested right now. And also I will consider any evidence. If, if someone presents an idea, that means I will consider your evidence. And lastly, which is the most hard, is the hardest part, is that I will consider changing my opinion or the way I act, even if it's hard, if I learn something new. And that is very, very hard. Uh, but that's what that's what having meaningful conversation means. And if we don't accept this slogan, uh, Rabbi Noah Weinberg posits that there's almost no need for any for a conversation. 
if we're not interested in the truth, we're not open to the fact that we may actually move our opinion, and we're not willing to have to, to reason together, then we can decide for fun. It's usually not too much fun to have conversations or debates, but debates can, are not productive if one isn't going to do that. Okay, that's number three. We have to, th this idea is very, very helpful. Num num number four on this. It's important and helpful if we recognize that this is a skill that requires and takes mastering. It's not something that's going to work on your first shot. If you ever see someone who's good at it, they probably, there's a certain amount of, nat of natural ability people can have. But most people who are very good at this, about having you know, meaningful conversations with sensitive topics with many different people, they've probably been working at it for a long time and they've been putting a lot of work into it for a long time. Uh, the people I know who are good at it, and even to the degree that I've been gotten better at this, it's, I, I certainly have put a lot of time into it. Uh, so anything that we think will not take a lot of work to get or skill or knowledge to learn, we're going to get frustrated very fast and think it's not possible. Uh, when, 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 when really, really, it's a beautiful thing. And I've seen people, I've seen people have conversations and, and, and it's beautiful to see how people actually do this. They'll, they'll change their opinion about something or they'll modify it. It's a beautiful thing to see. Someone, you know, says, "Wow, I, I, I never looked at it that way." Um, and and I'm hoping I do that sometimes too. So, but that's a really important thing. You know, no one thinks they'll be a doctor overnight. No one thinks they'll be an accountant, lawyer, mother, oh, whatever you're going to be. It it it, it same way bicycle. You know, you you see someone riding a bike. You know, if someone would think the first time they get on a bike. That it's just going to go as good as the person who's in the, uh, you know, the, the big marathons. They, they, of course, they're not going to be able to ride a bike. I remember when I was in third or fourth grade, I my neighbor uh, did, did keyboard lessons, and I used to love my friends who were able to like you know glide up and down the court thing. And I remember that after a month, I I I I I, I, uh, I dropped out because I I wasn't doing that. And of course, it was going to take years till I till I would be able to do that. And I actually have regret it. Right. I wish I, I wish I was able to do to do that. Um, so we have to know that it is possible, but it is something that takes work. Anyone can really do it uh, if you learn how to do it and you put and you put the work in. So this is great. Let's say we accept this, we work on it, but it takes two to tango. Unless the other person is working on it also. How 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 am I going to be able to do this? I could try to do this when I take you tomorrow, but that the person across from me is not privy to all this or is having a very hard time with it. So am I stuck? Do I have to wait till I find a like-minded person or someone who, who hopefully heard this on the podcast or something who didn't make it to, to, to the, to the class tonight. So what do I do? And I would say most often this is the case. One person is more ready to have the conversation than the other. So what I actually can do is I need to do, I need to get you on board. And we do this all the time with things that are quote unquote, not as charged. We are constantly trying to get people to see, to, 
to, to, to do something that we want to do. And this is no exception. So how do I get someone to quote unquote, put their defenses down and be willing to have a, a, um, be, be in their state of goodwill, looking for the truth, being law, being judged, not a lawyer. You can speak out and really include yourself. You say, you know what? I, I personally am interested in the truth. I know that you're interested in, in, in the truth. And we both have different opinions. We probably have different pieces of evidence. Let's compare what we both have to say. And let's, uh, let's listen to each other. And personally, if I, if I hear what you say, and, I, and I'll, I, I, I'm telling you now, my intention would be that I would change my mind or, I would, or, or, or I, I'd, whatever the truth is, that's what I want to do. You, you know, no one's going to really disagree with that. You know, uh, you have to find the right way to say it, the right time. But, but if you speak out what you're trying to do and you'd say it in a non-judgmental, non-barking way, kind of just saying this is what you're trying to do. And I've actually done this on a number of occasions. Someone will bring up a topic and I'll say, look, I'm thrilled to have this conversation. But I just want to know, um, you know, are, is this the point of this conversation for us to share information? Is that what it is? Or you really just want to let me know you think it's important for me to hear your perspective? You know, you, you kind of uh, say what's happening. Um, but all, often we end up just we end up going to attack mode, you know, so. We're not cheering for attack mode. We're not trying to be lawyers. We're trying, and this is such a helpful thing in anything in life. You want to get customer service. Half the time we fight with customer service people. We just say, you know what? Stick to the facts, share information. They could share information and uh, you, get, you, you get really far. One way to tell if a conversation is a truth searching conversation is to see when the people walk away, are they, are they happy or are they not happy? If people walk away frustrated, then you very likely didn't have so much truth looking in that conversation. If people walk away, even if you don't walk away with anything, even if you walk away, you know, you come out with anything, but if you had a truth-seeking, uh, meaningful d discussion, then um, you'll probably feel good about it. Okay, moving on. Next point, number five. So we're, 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 we're engaging, we're trying to have these conversations, trying to have conversations, not arguments. So it's something we got to flex. If we wait for it to happen once or twice a year, we're not going to get good at it. And it, it's, we're, we're going to suffer for it because we, we, these are things that need to be brought up very often. So as much as we can, let's flex this muscle. But what are the most important things to flex this muscle about? Things that are most important in life. The, the topics that, 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 that determine what we do and what we feel and uh, what we think. The most important thing, or this is a Jewish class, is obviously, this really have to be a Jewish class that we're talking tonight. But most important thing from a Jewish perspective is God's instructions. Because God's instructions are, are for life. And that's why... It typically in, 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 in rabbinical schools and in, in, in seminaries, people study in partners. People study in partners. That is the way 
um, to learn information. And we, don't, we have to not be afraid to be wrong. That's probably the biggest impediment to having conversations is we're nervous that we don't want to be wrong. Number nine, get a lot, of, have this discussion with lots of people. You know, you're going to get new perspective. You could talk to 10 different rabbis, talk to 10 different friends. And each person you listen to, I can guarantee you, you'll hear a different, a little different perspective. It says in Talmud, even prophets, no two prophets say things exactly the same. Everyone has their own unique, unique way. And if you, you're willing to do the, you're looking for the truth and you're really being a judge and not a lawyer, you, you, it'd be incredible. And you try to do this, you know. Okay. When you hear something, let's say you, heard, you read an article, you heard a speaker, you read a book, and it's a really intriguing idea, maybe a provocative idea. Go to all your friends. You say, hey, you know, I, I heard this idea. What do you think? You'll get some good feedback. You'll get some negative feedback. You'll, 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 we will get so much wiser by, by um, doing that. However, when we notice that either we're getting argumentative or even worse than that, there's abusive conversation going on, we have to remind ourselves and the other people that, uh, that, that we're good people, we're looking for the truth, we're trying to have a conversation, bring things back. If done in the right way and not in a condescending way, people actually would appreciate it. And every one time I was getting a little excited in a conversation and the person gently brought it back. Uh, people appreciate that. You know, people don't like being angry. People don't like being judgmental. Uh, we, a lot of times we stay there because we feel threatened. But if, but if we can be flex these muscles, and we'll mess up. We will mess up, and that's okay. Okay, that's about the art of the discussion. Now let's talk about who we're having these discussions with. First thing is we have to realize that we do need other people. If we try just to do everything on our own, we're just going to think for ourselves. We we just we got to get we got to out the window. You know that's just that's just certainly not. We look throughout the Torah; they're always were always were study partners, always getting other people's opinion. It's just that's not where we're not God, and we need we we need we need we can't just hang our up our hat and say, oh, we don't need to develop this skill. I just can use my phone and and. And, and, and my and my brain. We see, the, the Mishnah says, one of the ways to wisdom, number 11, is being able to discuss with other people. So we got to find someone else. Who are we going to find? Well, most of our friends, I'm not talking about Facebook friends, most of our real friends, and even our Facebook friends, happen to us. We very rarely choose our friends. When we want to buy a car, we look for what car we want, and we buy it. We want to buy certain clothes, we buy it. We want to go to a school, we buy it. We want to buy a house, you buy it, right? Friends, which is one of the most important things in the world, often happen. I am in school, and I need to play tennis with someone, so that person likes playing tennis with me. And that, can, that will develop into a relationship. Or I had a roommate. I had a travel partner. So now it doesn't mean these aren't good friendships. But if we really want to capitalize on what friends have to offer, 
we, we should be looking for people who we want to be friends with and the kind of people we want to be friends with. You know, often, quote unquote, you, you, you may have slim pickings. Now, every person is amazing. Everyone brings tremendous value. But for what a person may be trying to do, the person may feel I'm so limited. If only I, I had this kind of friend or that kind of friend. But actually, that's up to us. We can decide to be proactive or reactive. Um, so we, if, we gonna, if we're going to be, gonna be uh, proactive, we got to have a, a criteria. Who are we looking for with a friend? Are we looking for someone who's good at tennis? Well, someone who's good at tennis will be helpful for, be very limited. It'll be helpful for when I'm trying to play tennis. But that has no bearing if uh, that person might be helpful in any other, any other area of life. So what are some of the criteria? The first thing is, if you're really looking for a friend, yes, you may sometimes need someone to play tennis with. You may need someone to travel. So we're not, there are all kinds of friends. But the friend that we're looking for, someone who's going to help me in life, recognize this person is a, I need someone who can actually help me in life. Someone who is like-minded, someone who I feel is very interested in the truth. Someone I feel, I feel is sincere, who I can trust, who I can connect to, who has the time. You know, I have connections with a lot of wonderful people, but they're not my friends because they just simply don't have the time for me to be their friend in that way. They'll do whatever they can. Like I know some great, great rabbis and they're helpful for me to access their information, but they're not able to be my friend because they just can't given the situation. Um, so the first thing is we have to know that we're looking for someone who can help us with, with life, with living, which, which is the, the, the pleasure of life. We're looking for someone who would be loyal. Now, loyal means that, they, that they're, they, they stick with you. They stick with you in the rough times. They stick with you when you, when you make mistakes. They tolerate you saying ridiculous things. They tolerate maybe even when you're not nice all the time. Doesn't Obviously, we're not talking about abusive situations. You know, there's two famous stories brought down in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Midrash. Um, so there was once, I don't know if it's true or, it's, or, or just a parable, but the story is, is really, really powerful. So there was once a son who uh, went to his father. He was a very outgoing uh, young man. He said, Dad, you know, I have, I, I have a lot of friends. This is the four social media. He said, I have a hundred friends. Back in, you know, a thousand years ago, to have a hundred friends, there's a lot of friends. Dad said, that's great. I'm so happy for you. So the son said, the son really respected his father. He thought his father was a very accomplished, respected man in the community. And he says to his father, how many friends do you have, Dad? His friend sits there, he thinks, like, you know, I have a half a friend. Says, Dad, come on. Everyone likes you. He's like, I have a half a friend. So he's like, Dad, I don't get it. He's like, well, my half a friend is a real half a friend. And he said, son, I want you to try the following thing. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And this will change your life. He lived in, the, in, in, in Rome, ancient Rome, and they didn't really tolerate crime in ancient Rome. Really, you know, you, you did something wrong, they killed you. 
or you were, it wasn't, you couldn't get away with things. So he said, I want you to do this. I want you to take a goat, a dead goat, and the blood looks similar to human uh, blood, as we know from a couple of weeks ago, Parsha. And I want you to put it in a sack and late at night, I want you to start going knock on all your friends' doors. And I want you to make up a story and tell them how you by accident killed someone and you need to hide the body before you get caught by the authorities and they're going to kill you. Knocks on all the doors, all 100 friends' doors, and every single friend says, sorry. Not one friend was willing to put themselves out in any way to help him. Comes back to his dad. He says, you know what, dad? I see what you're saying. None of, none of my friends are really happy to help me when I'm really, really stuck. They're not being creative. They're just, they, they, they want to stay away from me. They're not willing to have the slightest risk for me. Dad, you think I can go to your, your, your friend? He's like, yeah, go to my friend. Goes to his friend, knocks on the door. So who's there? He said, it's Chaim's son. Now is his day. He's like, Chaim's son, come in, come in. He's like, what's going on? So he tells him the story. He sits, gives him a very concerned look. And he says, you know, I really shouldn't do this. But you're Chaim's son. I can't just leave you hanging. I have to do something. Look, I shouldn't do this. Don't tell anyone that you know me. Let's quickly, we're going to bury this goat. <laughs> didn't realize, didn't tell him. Go bury it in my backyard. And next time, stay out of trouble. Give him the schmooze. And he says, you don't know who I am. Boys, wow, look at this. My dad's friend helped me out. Goes back to his father. And he says, Dad, your friend's amazing. He, he risked his life for me. It's like, but Dad, why is that only a half friend? It's like, what exactly did he tell you? He said, well, he said, I really shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it because you're Chaim's son. He said, if he was a full friend, he wouldn't have said, I really shouldn't do this. He would have just done it because that's what friends do. Son said to the father, so what's a real friend? Tell me about a real friend. So this is all in the Medrash, this is in the Torah. So, I mean, I'm giving a little bit of literary license here, but this is basically the story. So the father says, I'll tell you what a real friend is. They were two best friends who were wealthy businessmen. One was from Rome, one was in Syria. The one from Rome went to go visit the one in Syria, and unfortunately, he got uh, arrested, accused him of being a spy, and they said, you know what? You are going to be killed. He says, look, you know, my family, at least they, they can know what happened to me. Uh, can I please have 60 days to travel back to Rome and come back? He said, are you crazy? You're not going to come back. He said, no problem. I have a friend who will be my collateral. He'll be my guarantor. <laughs> is there a royal, 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 why would someone give up their life for you? He's like, trust me, I have a friend. Call up his friend. He tells the friend the story. He says, of course I'll do it. I'll be, I'll, if, if you don't come back, they'll kill me. Sure. So he goes. Unfortunately, his uh, boat gets a little bit stuck. My Tommy comes back. It passed 60 days. And, the, and they, had a mate, they had arranged that the next morning they were going to kill the, the friend. 
Guy comes rushing in. He makes it back finally. And he says, stop, stop, don't kill him, don't kill him. They already had all the, all the stadiums. The Coliseum was all an emperor. It was a big, big to-do. And he runs up to the uh, executioner, and, and they start having a fight. And they said, look, uh, it's past 60 days. I said I would die for you. I'm going to die for you. He says, yeah, but you only were a guarantor. I'm back. Fighting, fighting. The executioner never saw anything like this in his life. He's like, this is crazy. He calls over the emperor. They tell the emperor the problem. The emperor says, look, I'll let you both live. One condition, that I get to be part of this friendship. In the Torah, it says, Love your neighbor as yourself. You know what it says at the end of the verse? Ani Hashem. When God sees we are really, truly caring about each other, God comes into the friendship. And when God's in the friendship, anything can happen. So when we're looking for friends, we're looking, now obviously a person needs to know at a certain point, something could be detrimental to you, you know, not saying you have to give up your life for everything, but we're looking for real loyalty, loyal loyalty, someone you, you can trust. Real friends, when you find something out which could be life-changing, you share it with them. And you say, you know what? I think this is true. Convince me I'm wrong or join me. Basically, save me or join me. Unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't happen. Sometimes you find someone, someone starts having a divergent path, either in religion or academically or, or, or scientifically, and, and, and people like they, and they'll drop you. That, and you don't need those kind of friends. That's, and unfortunately, I had this over the years. Once in a while, you have someone who you thought they were your friend, the going got tough, and uh, they weren't there for you. So you learned they really weren't your friend the whole time. And Sometimes, though, we make mistakes and we have we make friends and we realize that this person is not really someone who I would have chosen. Because like you said, a lot of times our friends, they just come to us. We didn't pick them. But that's where it's our responsibility to try to choose our friends. Because once someone becomes our friend and we see down the road, you know, we've, we've already been friends for a while, but then we see this person in quote unquote isn't helpful for me, well, it's too late. Because you have responsibility. The same way a person has responsibility to family, you have responsibility to friends too. And just, you know, let's say, let's say I become a big real estate magnate and my uh, friend uh, is a panhandler. And really, it's not helpful for me right now. But I can't drop him. I can't drop him. And it's very, very challenging. But it's our job. Once we have friends, we got to stay loyal, even if we don't, quote, unquote, need them anymore. But, well, Julius, you do need them because you always can benefit from, from anybody. But even when you really, really feel it's one-sided, you can't draw people. But, 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 but it does speak to the point that we got to try to choose our friends because there's only so many people you can have in your life that you're significantly con con connected to and you want them to be the best for you. I just want to wrap up here. So why is it so important to have people that you can talk things over with and to have these discussions? Because first of all, we all make mistakes. And the only way really for mistakes to be straightened out is if you have people in your life who will tell you that you're making those mistakes.
If you don't have people in your life who are willing to tell you that you're making a mistake, it's a dangerous, dangerous situation. I thank God every day I have a number of those people in my life and I cherish those relationships and, um, uh, you know, incredible. It's a famous story in the Talmud that uh, Rabbi Yochanan had his, his brother-in-law, Rabbi Reish Lakish, was his study partner. And Reish Lakish passed away. They saw Rabbi Yochanan was all depressed. And they said, why are you praise like my, my lifelong study partner is gone? He said, No problem, Rabbi. We'll find you a brilliant rabbi. Found him a new study partner. And they see the rabbi is still not happy. He said, Rabbi, why are you not happy? He said, You know what? This new study partner, whenever I say something, he finds 24 proofs why I'm right. You know what my study partner that passed away used to do? He used to come up with 24 reasons why I'm wrong. I'm gaining much, I would gain much, much more when someone challenges me than when someone supports me. Now, obviously, support is, 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 is good as well. The other reason why this is important, because otherwise you could say, I'll find someone online to talk to. Because friends will actually be patient with you. Friends will actually give you the time. Uh, that's not easy to find, to have someone who's actually willing to, to talk to you. Also, with close friends, you don't have to have your defenses up. You don't have to, to try to uh, you know, have an ego contest or to score points. A good friend will just listen to your pros and cons and give you straight, honest feedback. And lastly, we're great. We all can be absolutely great. And nothing in the world happens great without teamwork. There's no company that's a one-man company. There's no culture that's a one-man culture that was successful. Right. If we want to be great, we have to recognize we need other people in our lives. And this is the way to wisdom. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the way that we're going to be great. And this is the way we're going to get our mistakes corrected. This is the way we're going to clarify our, our, our philosophies. And we can take, so we need to have conversations. Those conversations need to be conversations, not arguments. And we have to have great people to have them. Thanks for coming on. We shall all, uh, especially I think right now, these skills are extremely important and uh, we should all have the uh, divine assistance to be able to work on it and be successful. Have a great week.